Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way. And that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Sinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is a very special episode. So as you will see, or here. It's the live recorded version of our write-in workshop. This was something we did live on September 30th, 8.30 p.m., like all of our events, and there are about 300 of you there. It was very exciting. We are so happy to see so many of you, especially during a really busy time of year. So this is the live recorded version. You will notice that there are pauses, so you can write when we talk about these prompts, all of this is designed to make it so that you get to know your characters better. And I credit Julie for coming up with these amazing prompts. I hope you will find this helpful. Just so you know, the sound will be slightly different than most of our podcasts because again, live recorded and we are working on that. We actually have been learning about things like walls made of foam and (laughs) better internet and all of these high-tech things. Um, We also want to give a special shout out to our amazing last-minute guests, editor Molly Cusick, who is at Sourcebooks, and agent Kiana Nguyen, who is an agent at Donald Moss Literary Agency. They both were willing to come out and make a cameo, which we so appreciate. So again, thank you so much to them. This is just the first of our events for this new school year. If you'd like to check out more of them, they are at manuscriptacademy.com slash live. Molly will be doing a hybrid first pages and query panel. So you'll be able to send in your queries and first pages, and we will draw them at random and give feedback on the spot. This is actually the sort of thing that it doesn't matter as much as you think it would if your page is drawn. It's a lot of advice that's useful for all writers. Same with the other events this season. We've got a first paragraph panel. This was one of your ideas in one of our last panels. We love it. So first paragraph, that means that we're going to get through a ton of people's work and give a lot of people feedback. That's with Norma Perez Hernandez, and that's on October 23rd, 8.30 p.m. And then Kiana's panel will be December 3rd, and that is a live query panel. And Molly's panel will be... November 4th, all at 8.30 p.m. So like all of our events, these cost about the same as two fancy coffees, as we say, and they work on phone, tablet, and laptop. We hope you can join us. And again, supportive, not scary. Without further ado, here's the live event. And we're going live. I think, yes, we are live and recording. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have our right in. There are so many of you here, and we're thrilled to see you. So just as a bit of an introduction, I am Jessica Sinsheimer. I'm a literary agent with Context Literary Agency and the co-founder of MSWL and its sister company, the Manuscript Academy. We exist to bring conference resources and connections to you wherever you may be. And I'm Julie Kingsley. I'm co-founder of the Manuscript Academy. I've been teaching um, writing in multiple capacities for the last 20 years. 
And tonight's theme is back to school. And we have some school stories for you too. But before we get to Jessica's totally awkward high school adventures, we have a surprise for you. Because we love surprises. So we have two very special guests who you may have seen lurking in the text chat because we're super high tech right now. They each have a <laughs> post-it over their webcams. Um, we are so honored and appreciative that these wonderful ladies have made time in a very busy month to come say hello. First, we have Kiki Gwen. Kiki, are you ready? Yay! Yay! I am got it stuck to the, the camera, but I'm here. So I am Kiki Nguyen. I am a literary agent with Donald Moss Literary Agency, and I work with young adult fiction across all genres as an adult sci-fi and fantasy, adult romance, and adult domestic suspense. Um, and I'm really, really, really looking for adult um, fantasy and science fiction right now, as well as adult romance, really bad, especially if it's FF. And some domestic suspense as well. I'm just outside of the suburbs to mix it up a little bit. Um, I'm also going to be doing a live query panel on December 3rd at 8.30 p.m. And yes, you will have the option to just submit your queries and maybe get live feedback on the spot. It's a supportive, fun event. And wherever you are in your pitching process, you are welcome to join. Yay! We are so excited for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> and what can you tell writers about advice for the querying process? Um, I think... My what I would really like writers to know that it is much simpler than you think as long as you put your name in it, um, a return e email address, and then just kind of tell us what your book is about. No need to worry about themes. No need to worry about telling your whole life story. Just tell us, you know, where your book starts, where the middle is, and where it might be going in the end, and you're good to go. And we have some fan mail for you here. Sarah says, hooray, Kiki. I love your posts on MSWL Day. You were cracking me up and giving us good info. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think you all can tell how much fun Kiki is and how great this event will be. And seriously, we so appreciate you being here. Um, I see some of you are getting a frozen screen. So we have a favor to ask since I look a bit silly trying to type while I'm on here. If you could please ask each other um, or tell each other to hit refresh. And if all else fails, the playback will always look better um, than the current version. So please, if you can help each other out so nobody panics, we don't want anyone to panic. Um, Bonnie, I'm really sorry about that. If you want to use the browser Chrome, that will probably help too. There's always, hey, Deborah, there's always a lot going on. So we are here to help as much as we can. And um, your friends in the chat are here to support you too. So, yay. Does anyone have a quick question for Kiki? I think there's a question down here. Screen. I'm just. Um, no, it's okay. It's only on my um, panel over here. It says, so no bio. Yeah, you do need to have a bio in your query, right? Oh, yes, of course. Um, a bio, it just could be as simple as like just two lines, um, you know, where you work, what do you like to do? Do you fish after sunset or before sunset? Do you? I don't. Oh, my grandpa fishes. He never takes me. Not a great company for it. <laughs> I can't sit in one place for too long. But about that, it's just like you don't have to worry about having any type of credentials. Um, the only thing you need to do to be a writer is to write and complete oh. a project. I love that. <laughs> um, and Gretchen, she's with um, Donald Moss's agency. Yes. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share wisdom wise with our lovely guests before you go? Wise. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of wisdom. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry, I know we're totally putting you on the spot. See, agents are people too. <laughs> agents are people too. Um, oh, I don't I just I just feel like we should all have a little bit of fun with it. And I know it's like a really anxious making process. Um but I think at the end of the day, we all want to connect on projects and stories that we love. And it's kind of just all about kind of being brave enough to reach out to us. And then hopefully we'll reach out back to you. Um, we're all humans in this and we're all just trying to make great books happen. Oh, we've got one more question before you, I get, I'm sure, get back to an awesome evening. Can you comp to a YA movie or show if you're writing middle grade, if the theme is right on? Uh, I think it would just... it really depends I'm not really that familiar with middle grade but I do know that because the the audience is a lot younger um and the tone is a lot different in the category it would have to be um definitely based on tone and or like character archetypes um I just feel ah it's a very hard thing to say um what about comps in general like them don't like them oh I uh I like comps I think that they are very hard to do sometimes though. I think a lot of the times from what I've seen is that a lot of writers will comp their book to something that's almost too popular that it there it doesn't match tonally at all. Um, for instance, the big ones are like Harry Potter and Hunger Games and um, things like that. And I think really my advice for that is just find something that's super contemporary within the last two or three years, I would limit comps to, um, just so that you could find something close to what your book would be marketed on on the shelves. Yay. I think it was. Julie, have you, uh, do you have any more questions? Um, no. Okay, not, let's not see. I just saw something pop up with one more. Any particular themes you're looking for in adult SFF? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, I would love something similar to Prey of Gods. Um, that's like something that was like really cool. It's an African set, um, science fiction novel, um, something like something that's like super different, grounded in reality, um, with more people of color or in a different neighborhoods. I'm kind of feeling that we should get tech and stuff in different kinds of settings like even in an urban space um I think that we are more used to seeing more wealthy wealthier counterparts um and that's just something that I'm not as interested in personally and I think as a genre getting to be in different um socioeconomic settings could just change it up in completely different way without having to try to get too fantastical yeah that's it just um inviting some freshness in there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us in super last minute. You guys, I was seriously texting everybody super last minute and this one right here got right back to me and said yes. So we super appreciate that. Always amazing to have friends who you can be like, hey, I had this crazy idea. Want to try it out right now? Um, oh. That's always amazing. So everybody say thank you to Kiki for being here. Thanks, and um, we will release the link if you want to go sign up with her class or her, her workshop later <laughs> this semester. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye. <laughs> Give me one sec while I disconnect you. All right. Close video. So we have special guest door number four. Woo 
my semi-famous cat um <laughs> you may have seen him before in some of my husband john cusick's talks his name is donut um but my name is molly cusick i hi guys everyone says hello to you donut he doesn't look very happy. and then it is a giant cat yes he's <laughs> very large he's like very long and about 20 pounds um <laughs> that says that he's just big boned um mm-hmm. anyway my name is molly cusick i am an editor at Sourcebooks. i acquire picture books middle grade and ya um and previously i was an agent for eight years at folio um Oh, hi. Yes, chronic illness books are the best. Um, I also have an invisible illness, so I'm super looking for things like that. Um, Some of you know my husband, John, who is also an agent at Folio. um, And I do a lot of similar things to what he does, except I buy the books now, which is pretty cool. Um, So I'm excited to be here with you all. Um, And I am soon doing a hybrid query and first pages panel that I would love to see you at. It is on November 4th at 8.30 p.m. Um, You will have the option to submit your queries and get some live feedback on the spot uh, from me or the cat, whichever you prefer. (laughs) Um, It is a super supportive educational event. Like wherever you are in the process, um, you should totally feel free to join. I'm obviously not scary because I carry a cat around. Um, (laughs) Does anybody have any questions? Yeah, let's let's see what you guys want to hear about. Well, the cat, of course. Cat. <laughs> um, oh, I love this one. What is it like being an editor? Is it different from being an agent? It is. I think one of the things that people should keep in mind about publishers is that they are not necessarily always looking out for your best interests. They're a company, a corporation. They're looking out for their business's bottom line. So definitely don't confuse like your editor or your publisher with your friend. And I think that that's where it's really good to have an agent who's an advocate. I get a lot of questions from authors these days, like, oh, do I really need an agent? Can I just submit to you directly? And what I always tell them, I know this sounds super harsh, but like, I report back to my company at the end of the day, and they're a money-making for-profit business. Um, your agent reports back to you at the end of the day, and they work for you. Um, so I think that's really important to keep in mind, but agents and editors are really different parts of the ecosystem. Um, but it is a super pleasure to be behind the scenes and to get to have a hand in things like covers and marketing plans um, and to really support a book from you know its first stages all the way to seeing it and its finished form. And, of course, you know everybody wants to be able to have like a finger in the cover pot, right? Like everyone wants to be able to control how that turns out. Um, so it's really great to be able to collaborate with so many wonderful designers and artists. Um, and of course, just to continue to nurture authors careers over time. So, and that way they are similar. Yay. Uh, to clarify that is eight 30 New York city time for our Ooh. events. That is the time that it makes it. So on the West coast or the East coast, you can get there that we definitely have people joining in at 4am their time. And we admire, um, your fortitude. Is there anyone here at an odd time zone now? I think someone was here from New Zealand. Yay. We're very happy to have you. Um, so what do you look for when taking on a manuscript to edit? What do I look for? Um, It really depends on the category. I think in picture books these days, um, I categorize my picture book tastes as stuff that hipster parents in their 30s who wear flannel would probably be into for their kids Um, (laughs) because, you know, parents don't have a lot of disposable income and typically that kind of bracket that loves the like quirky, funny stuff that parents get a kick out of too. I'm really looking for things like that. Um, Characters that could be a franchise, that could have a plushie. Always got to think ahead. 
um, stuff that I can squeeze and that like makes a little noise. Um, and middle grade, I think it is all about the voice. Um, it is really hard to teach middle grade voice. I'm not sure that you can. It's really sort of an instinct and a heart um, that people have. Um, so I'm always looking for people who really grasp what it's like to be that age. Um, and then why I you know, concept is often really king. Um, if you've got like a high concept, which is something that's easily pitchable in the elevator up from, you know, the first floor in my office. <laughs> um, and you also have, you know, some strong writing. Um, I'm always happy to work with people who have a commercial sensibility and are eager to grow as writers. So if you've got a great idea, but maybe, you know, you want a little bit extra help with the writing, like that's where I come in. I do the editing. Yay. Okay. So here's a very specific question for you. So it's kind of kind of specific, but feeling discouraged about own voices disability rep, which was why I loved your MSWL day tweet. But I haven't really seen many agents requesting this. Do you feel like this may be changing or is the way that own voices authors could position their books to separate them from cichlet or to show that they could hopefully be marketable in a query? Thank you. You know, I think it's important to remember that just because someone doesn't request something doesn't mean that they're not interested in it. I think that a lot of people, um, you know, like, you know, the, the chronic illness community, the invisible illness community and disability community by its nature can be sort of secluded and invisible. And I think a lot of people don't think about us unless we're in their faces. Um, and I think that that, you know, can transfer to agents too. And I'm sure they'll be really excited about your story when you put it out there and you tell them about it. Because um, I know a lot of great agents who are looking to lift up marginalized voices, but they don't always know where to look. So just give them the opportunity. Um, and I think that you're going to be in good shape. Like, I know that we can get it done. I think it's kind of like how not getting a request on a pitch contest doesn't mean a rejection. Just because oh. someone doesn't ask for exactly what you're writing doesn't mean they don't want it. Sometimes they just don't know that they want that book until they see it. So that doesn't mean that if you don't see it, nobody wants it. It just means these are the things that came to mind immediately for people to post on MSW exactly. all day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Molly, I think you, I, I know we've done a podcast. Has that gone live, Jessica, yet? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> so easy to lose track around here, you guys. <laughs> there are um, a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, guys, manuscriptacademy.com slash podcast. There are like 60 of them now. <laughs> yeah. So. So, <laughs> some of the things I see on the questions aside, I think you've answered in the podcast. So tell us again, though, for your reality is how many books do you take a year and how do you choose those books? I heard people say sure. that a couple of different times. Great question. Um, so I personally can publish um, on my own 10 to 15 books a year, and there are four editors acquiring at my imprint at Sourcebooks. Um, so that kind of gives you a sense of how many titles we can do. Um, in terms of submissions, like right now it's fall. It's a very busy season. I get like 10 a day maybe. Um, so the odds are pretty small, and that just lets you know that you know if you do have an agent and you're out on submission and you're getting passes, don't take it any more personally than you took it when you were getting passes from agents. It's, it's a volume business, and sometimes we're looking for something really specific you know maybe we already have a lot of rom-coms and we need a fantasy to fill a spot um, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your book I would say you know 90% of the passes that I give are you know I like it but I just didn't love it and there's nothing that you need to take away from that except that I'm just not your person yet but you'll find one mm -hmm. and you are agented submissions only correct I am sadly um, if you you know if if I really see something like in one of my manuscript wish list projects that I love. Um, I'm not going to say here's your publishing contract because I want you to have an agent. I really think it's so important. Um, would be totally happy to recommend agents and, you know, be a recommendation for you in that process though. 
Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh, by the way, special guest one is Kiki. Thanks for hanging out, Kiki. We love you. Um, <laughs> I did that just in case they had to like text me to say they were ready. So it wouldn't ruin the surprise. Uh, so very mysterious. Um, yeah, but I think it's, it's really rare that, I mean, cause you've seen so many sides of the industry and so you can comment on so many different things and that's really helpful. So I'm really looking forward to your event. Anytime. And if any of you guys like have questions that didn't get answered, um, if you want to tweet at me on Twitter and just mention like, Hey, I was in this chat and didn't get my question answered. I'm happy to answer it. Normally I don't, you know, open myself up on Twitter cause I'd probably get like eaten, but <laughs> I'm happy to talk to you guys because you're, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. Um, please keep talking to us and keep writing. Yes. And we will be sending out the full list of events that you can sign up for this season right after this event. So don't worry about all those details because it's a lot to go over right now. Um, but yeah, I can't wait for this. This is going to be amazing. Thank you so much. Um, My and pleasure, all... Donut, and I hope to see you guys soon. And again, thank you so much for doing this last minute. Um, so very grateful. Yay. Great. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay. It'll take me a sec to hit the right button. We can do this. Tech can help. Oh. Yay. Uh, so thank you so much to our very special guests who are willing to come last minute and jump in on these incredible, um, I don't know, it's just so exciting to have a creative idea and friends who are willing to back you up. So super duper um, exciting for us. Um, and yes, we are totally reading off of our notes and I am looking off of a teleprompter right now. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, the notes, the notes. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're lying. <laughs> oh, I am live. So... Um, in addition to these lovely ladies, um, we had a great suggestion during our last live event for a first paragraph panel. And we just were in love with that idea because it means we get to more work sooner. Yes. And the lovely and talented Norma Perez Hernandez, who is an editor at Kensington Books, will be doing a first paragraph panel October 23rd, also at 830. If you haven't met Norma before, she is a delight and she will make everyone feel great about their work, where it is and where it needs to go. And it's so interesting because we've talked a lot in our first page panels about, you know, how important those are. But I feel like we're going to get through so many more submissions at this time. We usually do about 18. Jessica, I'm wondering if we'll, we'll get to maybe 35. Oh, we'll see. Let's, I'm hoping. Let's, I'm getting a new coffee maker. We'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so really, really interesting stuff. And I don't think anyone's done this before. So I'm super excited to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Think of us as like your evening happy hour, hour um, conference panel, I think. That's a lot. We're always more than an hour. We always go on, but we try, we try to stay within the hour. Um, so we'll be releasing, releasing our fall, our full fall schedule tonight in your email. So keep an eye out for that. We'll, we're also going to be turning this broadcast into a podcast, which will be Ooh. downloadable and transcribed for our friends who couldn't make it tonight. Look for that later this week. Yes. So also, I feel terrible about accidentally scheduling this on a holiday. I'm really sorry. Um, we've asked our friend to help us with the dates for future events, and we want everyone who's interested to be able to attend. So for tonight, there will be a downloadable version for everybody, or you can always watch the replay. Um, but yeah, we want you guys to be here and enjoy, and we love you as a community. Um, it's a nice break from the news. So, <laughs> <laughs> so back at it, it is still September. And there's just a hint of fall air in New York City. The feeling of going back to school is something that we all share. Though I imagine a lot of you went back to school a couple weeks ago. That's okay. It's still, we all all know what we're talking about. Tonight, I'd like you to go on a journey with your characters to pick away at how education framed them and how education 
may have traumatized them. I know some of you are saying to yourself, this isn't going to help me with my manuscript. I'm saying to you, it will. We all wear school somewhere deep in our subconscious. I mean, every adult dreams about high school, right? (laughs) I still dream about high school. My friend and I had the exact same high school dream. It's a thing, right? Let us know if you've also had high school dreams as an adult. I think it's pretty common. Um, And whether it's small slights, great embarrassments, or the stories that are still mostly funny, but a little bit cringeworthy, maybe that was just me, Um, back to school night, we are here. What I'm going to ask is that you take your main character, or even a fringe character, and we are going back to school. Why? Because when we write characters, knowing where all the scars are, help build the whole person. I'm literally obsessed by character scars. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) so um if this is your first time we have some quick tips we'd like to go over um this is our third one um so this is really exciting to be doing it again so here are quick tips um first force yourself to dive into these prompts don't analyze just do it um because there's no right or wrong and there's no one that's looking over your shoulder you just need to try to keep the pencil moving Um, Two, know that this knowledge you're about to dive into will only help your knowledge of your character or your characters. If you're writing a picture book, knowing who your character will become in the future might help dictate who they are today. Yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, (laughs) And if you don't have an immediate answer, feel free to just write down the question so you can dive in later. Okay. Um, So... Question one, and I heard that we're a little low, so I'm going to hold my mic a little bit closer. Thanks, guys. Um, Let's start with the day before the very first day of a very special year in elementary school. It could be kindergarten or first grade, third grade, whatever jumps out at you. What hopes and dreams did your character have for that year? Now, go into that child. Wait, we're pausing. Yes? Yes, I think you need to give them some space to think. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, guys. Too much caffeine. (laughs) Look at all these dreams. And where I'm at my locker and can't remember the combination, I'm naked. Oh, no. And the one where you have the final exam and you've never been to class, I have that one over and over again. I have it, too. Yeah. Mm And Patricia, no, I don't think that's true. It can absolutely happen. It happens for lots of writers every year. Don't give up hope. Okay. So now go into that character's childhood bedroom. Look around. Describe the room. Go over to the bed. Lay out clothes for the first day. Do you get to pick or is it the mom? What do you reach for? And what does this outfit represent? For some of you, this will be a fun experience. If so, go there. For some of you, this might be hard. That's okay too. So I'm gonna give you guys three minutes for this. So once again, you've decided what year year of school you're in, what hopes and dreams your character has for that year, And you're going to spend time laying out the clothes before the first day of school. Um, You may write down your prompt right in the, um, in the chat. 
Yes, you're welcome to share. You don't have to share. We're always inspired by the incredibly talented people in here, though. So it's a supportive environment. No one's going to be mean. <laughs> we just are using this as a learning exercise to see um, to see where you are. So. So I'd love to see some of these outfits in the in the chat. Ooh, red and white striped leggings and a red ladybug top. I love it. That's a lot of great detail. Dreaming of not being in trouble and getting noticed in his large family, school uniforms and no choices. Ooh, yeah. Homeschooled. Sometimes I think that'd be a great way to avoid middle school, right? So if it's homeschool, I would say have that character look out, look out the window and see other kids going to school and how that makes them feel or something. First day of kindergarten, dinosaur t-shirt and socks, blue jeans. Aww. You guys, don't fear. We are going to have a pivot on this theme. It is, we are going to turn this <laughs> on its head. It's not going to be this simple. <laughs> <laughs> As always, we're starting in an easy place and slowly going to a more intense place, just so you're with us. And if you're scrambling to go get school supplies, we support you. I definitely appreciate writing by hand, too. So if you're writing an adult novel, thinking about, you know, what the third grade self, what the second grade self, the fact that we all still dream about these things shows that these things still live within us. I'm waiting for my Hogwarts letter. Oh, a t-shirt with a koala on it, striped leggings, first day of kindergarten. Oh, really? A, a kid came to school in pajamas, rows of school pictures with 70s double knit blouses tossed around like used Kleenex. I like that. Porcelain tile cold against our sister matching floral nightgowns, rag curls twisted too tight for Sunday morning services. Oh, that's nice. amazing. Yeah, that's great. Um, these are all really good, you guys. Um... Wow, they're moving really fast now. Posters of rock bands and various singers I love to listen to. I see my radio. Ah, it's moving. And turn it on as I get ready. That sounds nice. I complete my outfit with some black boots. I'm nervous but excited for what's to come. Great. No more uniforms. What to wear? Jeans and a t-shirt? A little more fancy? Too many decisions. I agree. Getting dressed is hard. I actually was that kid who wanted uniforms. All right, so let's move on. So look at the backpack. What goes in it? What does your character hide in the little pockets? High school is hard, Kaylin. We agree. So once again, pack your bag. What goes into the little pockets? When I taught fourth grade, we had a kid that would always bring lobster carcasses. Ooh. And I was always trying to find the smell. Mm -mm. It was no good. Why? I don't know. 
for lunch? For, you know, it's a lobster carcass, of course. I don't know. Oh. Oh, a little, some love here for the prompt about what goes into that little, the little pockets. Always a good question. Yeah. Annie says, haha, Julie, that's so main. It is. It is so <laughs> Sneaking a stuffed animal to school with her. Oh, gosh. I hope it ends up okay. Um, backpack is full of dreams. Dreams that smell like crayons. I love that. I love this one. The first day of school at Haskell Indian School. She's heartbroken having left her family behind. She pulls her white Muslim dress over her head and worries she will become like everyone else so Ooh. loaded she isn't allowed to wear the beaded bracelet her mother gave her but she runs her fingers over the over the bed beds and returns the bracelets to its hiding place under the mattress and follows the girls down the hall to the classroom mm. wow it's great his favorite dinosaur friend he needs to have a buddy so he doesn't feel lonely mm. that's so sweet a mini antique book nice oh the tampons those are totally be hidden Shiny rocks, gum machine treats, dime, a heart-shaped eraser. Oh, <laughs> her favorite stuffed monkey toy takes up so much space it bends her new notebook. I like that. Um, so wake your character up the next morning. Are they on time? Are they early? Are they late? So this is like those dreams, right? We've all had those dreams. How does your character wake up on the first day of school? What happens? Ooh, my character keeps a little notebook in one pocket, a purple colored pen in the other, so she can note all the different people she meets. I like that. The melted smashed candy her mom wouldn't allow her to have because she, oh, because she said she's too fat. Wow. So that one line, we know everything we need to know about that girl and her mother. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? I've been awake for hours. I tried saying my prayers, but I got bored. Hmm. always early ready to go to the new adventures go 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 nice hmm. a hobo stick in reverse hmm. i lived in margaret mitchell elementary school but lived but learned nowhere my father's witching stick stuck out of my backpack oh yeah a hobo pack in reverse hmm My backpack, the only thing that is my very own. Yeah. So, so just think about <laughs> cockadoodle do. That's so funny. Um, so if you think about how, how these things, if you, you know, how these things relate to your characters and adults, um, really interesting stuff here, you guys. Yeah, this is, she's up and raring to go before the sun is even up. Her mom hides her tears of anxiety, so her baby won't know how scary this is for her. So mm -hmm. the whole idea that the parents that were traumatized in school give that gift to their children. Mm. Ever the st stickler for perfection, I wake at my own alarm. My internal one that tells me I must wake and get ready. I'm the first to get ready because it's just always how I have to be prepared and on time. Mm. So that kid, that, 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 her, that her parents aren't there for her. She has to do it. I'm awake at four. I'm so afraid that I'll be late, and there's nothing like being late to draw attention to yourself. Mm. Oh. 
Okay, and this one doesn't even make sense because you guys are already ripping my heart up, out. But <laughs> so right now you have on your outfits, you have your hopes and dreams, you have your backpacks full of things that are meaningful to you. I want you to stick your character in the classroom and just systematically destroy those dreams of the first day. Destroy how they think things are going to be different. You're so mean. I am so mean. <laughs> Life is not a fairy tale. Unless you're actually writing a fairy tale. So destroy the dreams. Five minutes. And if they had bad expectations, flip them. It's kind of like how they always say you should start your chapter with happy and go to sad or start with sad and go to happy. Yep. Maintains tension. Yep. You can't sustain in the same mood. I can. So you are taking the hopes and dreams of your character for the first day of school, or, or how they think it would be. You have them in their outfit. You have their backpacks stuffed with their things that are important to them. And then you're going to flip their hopes and dreams totally upside down. If they thought it was going to be horrible, make it good. If they thought it was going to be good, make it bad. For instance, when I was in kindergarten, this is, an, this is, this is a memory my kindergarten teacher made us sing short people have no reason to live. What? The song by tiny Tim, you know, short people got no reason. And she would play it on a record player. (laughs) And we would dance. I loved it. I thought I was really tall. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kaylin. As someone who was also vertically challenged, I'm a little upset too. <laughs> oh, Randy Newman. I think it was. What, did I call him Tiny Tim? Yeah. Is that the same person? I don't know. I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. This note here. I already know my ABCs. No reading till first until grade one, she said. The school won't allow mm-hmm. it. Oh, schools have so many silly rules sometimes. Okay. All right. So now we're going to transition a little into junior high. Huh. My least favorite. I actually have a theory that the further you are from middle school, the happier you are as a person. I think this is true. So, boom. Drop your character into the cafeteria. So once again, you're in the cafeteria with your character who's now aged. What happens in the cafeteria on the first day? I need to read this one. My hair was a rusty colored as our shovel and curlier than any pig's tail. I slicked it down, but the end of the long day, 
I slicked it down, but by the end of the long day in the southern heat, it crept out, out of any, every, anything. I put it in and made me look like a head, my head was on fire. The other students stood, judgment at me with their clothespin pinched faces and dry fingers that pointed at me like a Salem trial. Reading was the devil's work, after all. <sighs> it's hard for me to separate me from my character. We never really separate our experiences from our characters. It's okay. Just try to just try to lean in to a memory and then twist it. All right. So let's revisit the backpack. What's going on in the small pockets now? And then perhaps while you're going through your backpack, look across the room at your crush. Who is it? What are they doing? Are they looking back at you? Is there a chance? It's middle school. I guess that does occasionally work out for people in middle school. Hmm. Susan, I'm glad you had a good time in middle school. I think that's pretty rare. I think it's people usually get a good middle school, bad high school, or bad high school, good middle school. Yeah. But if middle school is good for your characters, what's going on around your characters? You can repeat the question. So now we're in middle school, junior high, and we are at lunch in the cafeteria, a dreaded place of middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, once you're there and you're looking around, you're going to grab that backpack. And what is in the backpack now? <laughs> As a middle, former middle school teacher, I would say there's lots of contraband in the backpack. <laughs> really? Oh, <laughs> I was just hiding out in the drama room. I don't know. Sometimes you're so Pollyanna. Like I, I, I'm like, give me the drugs. See, I thought all of that was fake and just part of like an after school special. No, I, I thought they made it up to scare us. <laughs> oh, I'm so Thank you, Kaylin. Me too. <laughs> Kelly, no worries. This is a safe space. If you get entered too soon, not a problem. <laughs> Only knew the planchette was hidden in my backpack. I left it there and instead directed my plastic fork to choose my enemies in the lunchroom. Ooh. Oh, that happened like to it. me when I was teacher too. Mm-hmm. The Ouija board? Um, the plastic fork. <laughs> um, middle school is uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. I am so happy for this Buffy the Vampire Slayer shout out for the Once More with Feeling soundtrack. Yes, that episode was amazing. I'm so happy they did that. My favorite book falls out. He picks it up and everyone laughs seeing the title. Ooh, I wonder what it is. Mm. (laughs) Funnies. It must be funnies. Funnies. Yes. (laughs) I love that they turned that into it. I guess power ballad. That was fantastic. Okay, so now you're looking across the the room at your crush with or without your um, contraband and your backpack. 
Um, and surprise, you have a bad hair day. What happens? <laughs> the salad bar looks like a tornado hit. I, <laughs> I take out my uneaten toast. Wow, it's moving too fast. Um, I take out my uneaten toast from breakfast and unwrap it from the paper towel. Finally grateful for it. Ooh. Nice. My I backpack is full of sheet music. Oh, mine was too. I just know that if I could play a solo at a, a contest and get a superior rating, people would think I could do something worthwhile. Hmm. He's a boy. He doesn't care about his hair. That must be nice. Um. She chooses a quiet table to sit and read Christopher Pike because mom said Stephen King was too much to take to school and kids would think she's weird. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, we have a Stephen King reference coming up, you guys. How about that? <laughs> oh, oh, we have another middle school teacher here too. Yeah. The things in their backpacks and lockers are crazy. Okay, I believe it's real. I, I had a kid that took a laser pointer and laser pointed um, President Clinton's motorcade with the laser pointer. <laughs> What? That's so stupid. You know, so the laser pointer goes in the motorcade and the Secret Service starts like running through the hallways and everyone hits the ground. Oh. I had fun teaching middle school. This is why I'm twisted, you guys. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love this. Wistfully thinking about the day when I won't be afraid. Nice. So now we're kind of like our middle school juices are flowing. I want us to move to that eighth grade dance. So drop us in the eighth grade dance. Describe it. How does it feel? Who are you with? What are they drop playing? What are they playing? I like this. My hair did what it wanted. Staying put was always a chore and me pleading with it to lay nicely. My crush walked up and said, nice style. And I was, and I was too thrilled. I thanked him and my hair. I really want to leave middle school. Don't worry. We will very soon. We're about to. The next one's out. We're out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, Julie, I cannot pour you more bourbon from here. <laughs> She's texting me for fun. Um, because we can't pass notes. <laughs> More bourbon. Yes. No. Maybe. Oh, joke. Because <laughs> like I'm oversharing. Wearing the A-line skirt, I mangled together on the home ec sewing machine and a jacket I didn't want to take off. Cool. All the kids in my school made little boxers in the home ec um, <gasps> class. It was adorable. Mike Fujimoto. Mm -mm -mm. We dance slowly, hands on hips and shoulders to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Oh No. That's so nice. Okay, I'll just take a little bit more because you're going to need this image in your head for the next one. Stale and familiar. The Holy Spirit. Mm. 
I love that, Kelly. She doesn't recognize any of the... Oh, they're going so far, so fast. She doesn't recognize any of the songs her mother always played, CDs from her younger days. That is so interesting, right? When when you have like this whole musical, you know, especially if you're like an only child or the oldest child, and then you go and you realize you're missing all the, you know, a bunch of the culture. I felt that way. Meanwhile, my best friend was obsessed with Hanson to the point of wallpapering with their posters. I was a good friend. I went with her to those concerts, but I very much felt left out. Her sisters told her all these cool things and I, I don't know. Okay. So now I've got, so now that you're in middle school, I want, I want you to bring your character to present day. So that means if you're care, if you're currently writing right now with your character back in time, I want you to age them to their normal age. If you are currently writing YA um, or middle grade, or even a picture book, I want you to age them to, you know, like an adult. Because how this person ends up as an adult is going to help you, you know, with the middle grade and vice versa, if that makes sense. So it's present day. You're in a different dance, which means you're either in a bar or you're at a wedding or you're at a party or you're somewhere where you're dancing. Um, But I want you to have that same feeling that you felt in the eighth grade dance. So once again, you have aged your character and dropping them into a totally different space and then having them have that same feeling they felt in middle grade, in the, in the, in the middle grade junior high dance. Let's take five minutes with that. I love this. Your hair is my spirit animal. Can I touch it? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah chewed on the arm of her glasses and scribbled sketches on the cocktail napkin. The retro disco music was deafening, but the comic antics of her friends were hilarious. My neighbor just called me and asked me to go to a Sunday morning dance off at like 10 a.m. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Like that's all my middle school. Like I'm too tall and gawky to do that. Like it's competitive dance off at 10 in the morning. Like you just go there and they put music on and you dance wildly in some dance studio. I think that's a trend now that like 7am 
uh, substance-free dance party. They just have coffees and then everybody goes before work. I know. I, it involves getting up early, but I like I the idea no of it. Hopes. I mean, what do they want of me? <laughs> so that like all those insecurities, right? So if I went, I'd be awkward. I don't know. Like, this is really interesting. How does that feeling move with you? I like this. I'm happy to see my friends having fun, but I would rather be home working on my thesis. Yes. <laughs> I have more work to do. Time to get back into the field. Um, Marion, I want Siri, you. You're correct. Coffee is a substance. I, I want <laughs> you to dig in more because the boy you had a crush on in eighth grade asked you to dance. My heart skips a beat. Does he remember me? I want to know how, and I, cause I live, I live pretty close to my high school here and I see people from junior high that were really good looking in junior high but I don't know like what is how is how is that crush aged obviously well if you're skipping a beat but I want to know more Hmm. it is kind of unsettling to see your middle school crush look terrible later that happened for me and I was I don't know how to feel about that or then they can look really good and you're like hmm (laughs) Ellie stood in the corner watching everyone else getting chatted up she sipped her drink and wondered why no one approached her what was wrong with her Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a very common feeling Mm -hmm. Um, she watched her students closely as they danced hoped for any any infraction any excuse to split them apart she derived perverse pleasure from it they can dance alone just as I did I love that (laughs) so much you know like and that, and so like, if you're doing a middle grade, having a teacher that, that, that you're doing the backstory for, you know, what happened to that teacher? Why do they feel that way? She knew she was damaged. The dance circle was dusty as ever on my boots and Patrick's skirt hem. Fifth grade Phil counted out the dance steps. His through the knot hole kissing skills matched by his molasses slow calling of the two step. I could only guess he didn't know what two times two was yet. That's awesome. <laughs> All these people pretending to have fun. Alcohol deadens the senses or, or does it just make it easier to not care if my dancing sucks? Hmm. Derek. Oh, what's a jingle skirt? Oh, from the Powwow Grounds. So that's that's really and I love that. I love how immediately I am I am engaged in that because I want to know more about you know what that is and how that pulls me in. She went to her class reunion and didn't recognize anyone, but they recognized her. Hmm. He went to prom with his best friend's girl because she wanted to go and her boyfriend wasn't in the right grade. She looked beautiful. They danced. They laughed. But he knew that they knew. He was only able to borrow the illusion of having someone for the night. And neither she nor his best friend knew the worst part. He really was in love with her. Mm. Am I the only one who has their adult character turn out happy? (laughs) I'm sure others have their adult characters turning out happy too. I think it's just thinking back on this era, a lot of people are 
focusing on the, the scarier, more raw part of that experience. Okay. Jessica, I think I'm going to take them back to high school. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've gone from middle school to adulthood, and you did a great job with that. And I'm hoping you're seeing how using those feelings, you know, that you had back then can affect now and vice versa. So I want you to go back to high school. I'm just going to give a shout out to my Red Storm, Um, you know, friends, if you're here. Um, In my high school, you're often judged by the room where you hung out the most. There was bio kids. There was fence kids. And that's kids who smoked at the fence. (laughs) Library lizards. I just made that one up. Hmm. Regardless, put your character in a room at school and dive into why they are there. What room in the school, in the high school, do they feel most comfortable? I was always in the drama room. Where were you, Julie? I don't even remember. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? I I was kind of a floater. I, I think hmm. I exploded, but I, I definitely wasn't at the fence. I was probably, I was at the library a lot. I was sometimes in the buyer room, but I was often just doing sports. So I was kind of more of like, you know, the sporty type. <laughs> the smoking room. I love how they're like back in time, there was actual smoking rooms. So now everyone bakes, right? So you don't have to do that. You can just do it anywhere, everywhere. Her uh. favorite English teacher's rooms. Oh. So good at that room. Sprawling on the stage where everything happened. I like that. Ooh, I got permanent passes to the arts and crafts rooms, three periods a day of art. That sounds fantastic. I almost didn't graduate high school because of art and I cheated because I had a soap carving incident that I kept breaking all the bars of soap for the soap carving. My mother wouldn't let me use any more soap. So my best friend carved me a soap carving and I got caught. Oh, (laughs) I was very angry because RPE was graded and weighted just like academic classes. And I remember you got to see if you ran the mile in eight minutes and 30 seconds. (laughs) And I did not even get a C. It was not happening. (laughs) He was literally a former drill sergeant and he'd chase us in a golf cart as we ran. Fucking cigarettes. (laughs) Was that even a thing? The instrument storage room because no one will Ooh. be in there and she can get open she can open the window and hop out into the empty ball field. I like oh. it. That's a clever one. Getting a great card is nonsense name for P. This is Lulu, our unofficial Lulu. mascot. <laughs> naughty. She's so naughty. Oh, she's nice. The smell of paint and plaster and wet clay met her as she slipped into the room, the one place where it was cool to have smears of color on your uniform shirt. Hmm. Okay, so now, and, and this isn't on my little script, but I, I almost want you to shift into the safe place at work now. Where do you hide mm-hmm. at work? 
So think about, not you, where does your character hide at work now? Mm, instead of lunch, Grace ate Judy Bloom for lunch, devouring the lives of Forbidden Dini and Margar. I love that. Yeah, I Eating a book for lunch. She's always crying in the bathroom. That's common. Yes. Um, I blend in seamlessly with the other kids, no matter what room. I was a chameleon of sorts. Good. Had a, had a good, had melding into everyone's way of being good at, at being invisible. File storage room. Ooh, that's smart. I didn't even think about all these little tiny hidden rooms. I had a in friend my who used to make a, like in the, like the janitor's closet. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Um, Stephanie you're allowed to do that so if you want to switch between different characters and different projects go for it we we support you yeah this is just about about activation so you can you can actually take this and listen to it do it for multiple projects multiple characters um so once again where where are you guys in the adult world what room is your safety spot at work and again, if you're writing for kids, imagine your character as an adult. Yep. Mm. Safe's place at work is with my cat sitting on the window seat, nice at home on a sick day, looking out at the fog. Mm. In her greenhouse where she works alone, it's leaving the arc that is scary. Ooh. Backstage hiding from her best friend. Ooh, interesting. Sits on flower sacks in the back of the diner, rubbing her feet that still hurt, even in sensible clogs. Mm. I had a teaching friend that used to hide under her desk. Like, Aww. she used to, like, you, you would go in her room and she'd be hidden under the desk. She's like, oh, I'm just under the desk. No one can bug me here. <laughs> Outside in the field, avoiding the, the building, looking for bones and rocks, not having to deal with conversations with people, looking back in time. Nice. Laying beneath the right library desk, I focus on the constellation I drew underneath. If I stare till it's blurry, it looks like a new sky every time. Ooh. Closing the office door, turning off the ceiling light, waiting for the silence to envelope me as I try to block out the tedious work waiting on my desk. So I think a mistake people make sometimes in writing is they don't give us kind of quieter times with, with their main characters where we can have a pause in the action and really kind of get into how they're feeling. Um, and just knowing where their safe place at work is, you think about Grey's Anatomy, right? They would always hang out on the roof, right? Or they'd hang out, I don't know, like a hallway on the gurneys, right? And that would give us places to go and have relief from the tension. Um, so use these places in your work, use these places to give us a breath, to give us a moment. Um, I'm actually reading the, okay, I'm going to mess up the, the title now. The home, the, uh, I just messed it up. The, the, the Tessa home for wayward girls. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I just messed it up. I just butchered it. But they're always going to a rock to think, um, which was the motivation for this. Yeah, your character does not have to be an extrovert. Your character can have quiet times or reflection too. Treehouse bedroom. Wow. Oh, eating in the bathroom, safe place is best as chocolate. That's great. Yeah. 
He falls back in his bunk on the barracks. Most of the guys are out, out at the list of men's club. He just isn't in the mood tonight. He's reading his brother's journal again. He knows that he's nearing the end of the story, the day before his brother died in combat. He just needs to let it sink in and take it slowly. Ooh. Right? How powerful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we're moving on. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Um, I'm going to skip that one. Um, does and this you don't have to actually you just need to know this answer <laughs> does your character make out on the hallway or not make out in the hallway <laughs> make out on the hallway or not make out on the hallway this is a lot about who that character is and this is coming from someone who had to peel people off my locker every day of high school I like this. She hides in her car at lunch because she doesn't have anyone to eat with. She holds her cell phone up to her ear and nods a lot so that all her coworkers heading out to lunch will think she's on an important call instead of feeling sorry for herself. Mm-hmm. I'm actually admiring the technique of that character, though. Like, that, that could work. <laughs> I think that character does not make out in the hallway. Hmm. Maybe she, or, or maybe she's a... So this is another question, and these don't necessarily need to be written, but you need to know. Vodka in the locker? If not, what? Oh, my gosh. I realize this is directly out of my high school days. You guys, I'm torturing you with my high school. (laughs) So one side of me, I had people making out, and the other side of me, there was vodka. Public school, you know? (laughs) No, I went to public school too. I, you know, I was so like in that zone of like, everyone's going to get work done that I don't even think I noticed anything that like did not match that hypothesis. I'm like, we're all going to go to school. Yeah, it's great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Thanks, Elizabeth. Okay. Red Bull. Yes. Yes. Love Red Bull. Moonshine. That is original. Wow. I want to know if it's like homemade or... Yeah. Okay. We are, we are like heading down to, I know it's been over an hour, but we just, we're going to head down to our last pivot. Mm-hmm. Jessica, do you want to take us into our final? Okay. So we're going to pull this up for a second away from our characters and their individual neuroses. Here's a quote, be stubborn about your goals and flexible about your methods. I like this. I'm going to say that one more time in case the sound didn't work. Be stubborn about your goals and flexible about your methods. Okay, go back to your character's goal, initial goals in school, then flip to your character's current goals. Do you see any other points of tension for your character in this bridge of ages? Rate five alternative ways to meet your character's goals. And Julie bolded this and said, most important takeaway for the night. List them out. The contents of her locker depended on which dimension she's helping. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Different areas of the country or even a city can be different too, too as far as a school environment. Yes, that is absolutely true. Thanks, Kelly. I appreciate the um, goody two-shoes support. <laughs> I know. It's just hot, hot, hot here. I did not um, even know what I was missing out on. Like one time there were like wine coolers at our Cinderella cast party and I was like, whoa. <laughs> 
Um, so just to review what we're kind of working on here, and this, I don't know if we're going to be able to write these all out, um, but I hope this is like, if you go back to some of your original goals in those first days, right? What are five ways that they could have met those different ways they could have met those goals, right? By plotting different scenarios, you're going to find stronger scenes. So, so list five different ways they can meet the goals that they wanted to have from the very beginning of tonight. And if you're, if you're jumping characters, just choose a character. And this is probably, the, I would say, one of the hardest things to do, because I think often we say, okay, here are our goals, and here, here is how we're going to achieve those goals for our characters, and here's what's going to get in the way. But if you have five different ways they can do it, it's going to free up your mind with plot possibilities, in theory. In theory. I'm intrigued by this line. Looking basic is a must. No one needs to know when I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Um, Kaylin, you could still be in high school. You could go all the way back to the elementary school. This is this is wherever you feel like you want to be right now. Okay, guys, so I, I know that what, what I just asked you to do is really hard, and you might just be, like, still not there. But that's, that's the thing I want you to be really thinking of. Every time you have your character goals, list multiple ways to meet those goals and have things get in the way. Kelly, one, move away and never come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, right there with you. <laughs> I'm going to bring you back to something really concrete, right? So... One of the things that we see at the Manuscript Academy is that people sometimes build scenes that don't have enough tension. And they mm -hmm. don't have enough tension because we don't know their characters well enough. So if we know where that inner child is for your character, right? And even if your character is an adult, you know, we know that inner child. We know their neuroses. We know their fears. Um, we know the things that are blocking them, right? Um, we're going to be able to handle really exciting scenes, like most effectively if we really know them. And so that's what we've spent tonight doing. But now we're going to go back into something very, um, very like tension driven. So I want you to go back to school. Create a scene where your worst nightmare walks into the room. Think Regina George from Mean Girls. Think Billy from The Karate Kid. Think every horrible person in Stephen King's Carrie. Um, and if anyone else has any awful characters they want to put in the chat, you can do that. <laughs> so have the school nightmare walk in and have things go crazy. How close was that? Was I like this? 
Sorry. A little bit. It's okay. (laughs) I get all into it. Here, our events are up close and personal. (laughs) Over time, my goals had changed so much I didn't recognize me anymore. High school was nothing like middle school nor grade school. I wanted to be a ballerina, a dragon, and even a lawyer. Once in high school, I didn't even know what I wanted. My goals were to work hard, get good grades, and graduate. Now it's just to get good grades and get out alive. Hmm. Weird. I see this book in your locker every day, Zoe, but you never read it. How come it's so beat up? I slam the door. Maybe I just like a mess. <laughs> a zombie comes in and growls. Ooh. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of the mean kids being zombies. <laughs> Brains. Yes. <laughs> So once again, your character's worst nightmare walks in. What happens? And then we have one more after this. So I'm, I'm sure you're getting tired. I know. We appreciate you coming out on a school night. How did this happen? How could he do this? Somehow her deepest love had become her worst nightmare. Ooh. Joe, you are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm loving these, these pieces, you guys. Jacob whispers something terrible about Jeff's sister. Jeff loses his cool and swears loudly at Jacob and right in the middle, in front of his teacher, the meanest nun in school. Mm. The self-confidence and sass that Ellie had worked so hard to develop since high school deserted her when Donna walked into the room. Ellie reverted to the introverted, awkward girl she'd been in high school. Oh, Krista, that's really interesting. Krista says, this is good because I'm writing a romance and I can only think of her worst nightmare. He's not very fleshed out. I think that's always really important for building a character, both for in our stories and in our lives. Like everybody has their own personal worst nightmare, right? And it's easy to forget with Instagram and filters and everyone acting like their Facebook selves all the time. So I think this is very interesting. Um, trapped back in the ravine, the earth erupting around her, punishing her for her sins. This time, Nestor wasn't there to save her. The vice principal strides into the cafeteria, heading straight for her. He leans in close and murmurs, I need you to come with me, please. It's about your mother. So I'm just going to pull it out. I'm going to pull it out to the adult again, right? Your worst nightmare walks into the room. What happens? I've been reading American Horror. I've been watching American Horror Story today. So Mm. (laughs) there's so many scary things. Um, (laughs) But scary can mean a lot of things, right? So put your adult character in their worst nightmare. 
with the feeling of that middle school child, that high school child. Ooh, the principal sent her home to get a dress. No girls are allowed to wear pants in my school, he bellowed. How about if I'm a boy, she yelled back. Wow. He's big and bloated with anger. I've got to move quick. My fingers begin to twitch again. Ugh, I slam my hand on the floor. Blue, run, blue runes flicker, but I can't hold it steady, so. Mm-hmm. Can your worst nightmare be an inanimate object? I think so. Like, what could you see that could be your worst nightmare, your character's worst nightmare? The zombie dogs from Resident Evil aren't real, but the huge beast in front of me is. Mm. Everything I thought I would say, everything I thought I would do, I decided to just turn and walk away. He just wasn't worth it. I love that. That's good. Yeah. I love how it's so simple and yet the way it layers makes something very complicated. I found my father face down in maybe an inch of ironic mud, converse footsteps across his back and truck tire tracks encircling his crumpled form. Mm. So if I'm just going to close this up for you guys, um, what I'm hoping to do here, what I'm hoping to help you with is that there's all kinds of ways to unlock writing. And sometimes by doing activities like this, by spending the time to, force your characters into different situations and really get to know them in all areas who they're going to be going to be who they are now um, can really just dictate, you know, the difference between a well fleshed out scene and not Jessica, I, you're the expert. What are your the expert? You're the expert. <laughs> and what are your final thoughts on this? You know, I think it's so important to look at all of the dimensions of your past, your present, all of these um, more difficult moments, because everyone's got a difficult moment in middle school or high school or any of these times. And I think that shows that we're all um, real people, right? It's it's a way to give depth to your character. I think it made a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. The garbage disposal has been the stuff of nightmares for years. Now my wedding ring is down there. Face my nightmares or my husband, which is worse. Mm. Wow, you guys are so talented. This is amazing. I'm always so impressed with the people who come here. Um, yeah. And you know, we always worry that like, will this work? Will they get it? You know, <laughs> you all are still here. Like 300 of you signed up plus. So that's very impressive. And I appreciate yeah. the lurkers. Shout out to the lurkers. Um, um and so, you know, once again, we so appreciate all of your support at the Manuscript Academy and um, just coming here and hanging with you guys. I wasn't feeling well tonight. I'll just, I'll just admit it, have a little cold, and I'm, I'm feeling much better. Just like being with your energy is fabulous. Yeah. And so if you want to stay in the chat and, um, you know, say things like I write this, I'm looking at critique for a critique partner for that. Um, we would love for you to all be friends. Um, we'll also send you a form if you want to officially join our critique partner matching, um, database. Cause we want you to have somebody to bounce your ideas off of. It makes so much sense. Um, you can see both Molly and Kiki in our podcast. So that is manuscriptacademy.com slash podcast. We have a lot of interviews with agents and editors and, um, yeah, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We will, uh, no, the CP matching databases for anyone who is here right now, we will email out everything tomorrow. Cause it is 
late in New York. Oh, it's almost 10. Um, so yes, we will send out the link for all of that. And then we will also send out the final database so you can find each other, make friends, have support. Um, I think it can make all the difference having people who are cheering you on. So we want to help facilitate that as well. Um, and we will also send you the full list of the season um, so that you can find um all of the events with the panels and a lot more resources for you. So if you want to go right now, it's manuscriptacademy.com slash live. You can get your ticket for Kiki or the first paragraph panel with Norma or the hybrid panel with Molly. And I'll post this in the chat also. Thank you so, so much for coming for this. We so appreciate you. Um, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, Julie, I'm always looking forward to these events. I think it's Really nice just to be around creative people. And seriously, thank you so much. Uh, Krista, don't worry. We will send the link to everybody who is here presently. We will send out the link to sign up tomorrow. Um, because, yes, we want you to have your community to help you out. And there are so many wonderful people here. So thank you. Um, yeah, go ahead and continue using this yeah. chat. We're going to sign off because um, it's late. <laughs> so <laughs> good night, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. So if you're still with us, we admire your fortitude and your coffee machine. Um, we appreciate you sticking with us through the live event. Um, given that Julie had a really bad cold and I was sugar crashing, I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to eat a gluten-free cinnamon roll ahead of time. I think I was stressed. There were so many of you in the audience. Um, I think it went pretty well and I hope that was helpful for you. So again, if you'd like to hang out with us for our live events in the future, head on over to manuscriptacademy.com slash live. All of those events are included with membership as well as our many hours of recorded content. We're trying to be the conference that you can access from anywhere. So those are filmed and edited classes as well as early access to booking meetings with our agents and editors. Editors. And of course, everyone is chosen for their kindness and ability to come up with brilliant, constructive feedback on the spot. If you have any questions, you can look at manuscriptacademy.com slash membership or send us an email at manuscriptacademy.com slash contact. Thanks so much for joining us. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.